If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another listener episode of the podcast. Today I am joined by Elle. She is 33. She lives in London and she came on the podcast to talk about the breakup of her 10-year relationship. She ended up calling off her wedding. They had been engaged. They had a house together and this was such a beautiful episode. Elle clearly has done the work from this breakup. She talks about how she knew that something wasn't right leading up to the wedding. She even talks about when she tried on dresses, she felt like something just wasn't right and finally was able to listen to that intuition. And after calling it off, and she talks about how hard that is to call off, to have to tell your parents, tell guests, things had already been paid for. But she knew that was not an excuse to go through with the wedding. And post-breakup, she was able to really unpack why she had stayed in a relationship like that for so long, going back to healing her inner child, looking at her parents' relationship, and really has made the last year for her. It's We recorded it like right around the year anniversary of calling off the wedding. She really took the year to get to know herself, to become reacquainted with herself, to let go of what other people's ideas of what her life should have been like, and really adopted a way of living that you can tell in the way she talks about it. She's very proud of the life that she's living. We talk about what it's like growing up in an East Asian heritage and how that impacted her idea of relationships. We talk a lot about unpacking trauma. We talk about losing friends. She lost a lot of friends through the breakup of that relationship. So this is a great episode. So happy that people like Elle come on the show and and are able to share their stories with you guys. So excited to welcome Elle to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and for in advance for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for having me, Kendra. It's really great to be here. I'm really excited to share my story and elements of how to basically help other people. It does. Yeah. The way that I kind of sort through these, because I get a bunch of applications, I'm always looking for people that have uniquely universal experiences where I don't want the same kind of story over and over again. But I also, you know, need it to make sure that it is something that so many people can relate to. And your story was one of the ones that really immediately kind of jumped off the page. But before we get into that, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. My name's Elle. I identify as a woman. Uh, My pronouns are she and her. Um, I was born in England in the countryside in Surrey, which is just outside of London. And I'm born from two immigrant parents who originate from Hong Kong. So my heritage is Chinese, East Asian. And I love Pilates. I love self-care, sauna, exercising, moving my body, apple cider vinegar and meditation and breath work. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Breathwork's one of those things I've done it a few times and I'm like, I should get into this. To me, I've always been to these like big, like 30 minute kind of things. And I always have to remind myself, you can do this yeah. in a couple minutes. It doesn't need to be this like 
huge, overwhelming kind of practice. Yeah, it's definitely just like an amazing way to regulate yourself when you're kind of feeling like you're kind of getting really tense. And so it's something I've definitely learned this year to try and figure out how to bring myself, to ground myself a bit more. Yeah, so let's kind of rewind. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship that you were in? Because it was a, I mean, by all accounts, it was a very long-term relationship that you were in. Yes, of course. So it was a 10-year relationship and it ended actually last year, this week, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. How are you feeling this week? To be honest, like I'm being very mindful and of how I'm feeling and what I'm doing and how I'm reacting. I'm kind of experiencing a bit of a breakout. So I don't know if that's to do with the stress because last year I had very, very stressed, like hormonal acne coming out, like very, very strong. And so I'm feeling maybe my body's like, it's been a year, like let's like purge a bit more and, you know, kind of making me very, very aware of the situation. So yeah, just to rewind it back a bit, we met when we were 23 through mutual friends. It was a blind date and we didn't really hit it off at all. And we, I actually thought, I can't wait to leave. Oh, how <laughs> funny. Yeah. And so it's quite funny that that's, it started that way. And then eventually we ended up dating a few months later and I gave him a second chance. My mindset was in a different place. So I was kind of more open in that situation. So yeah, we started dating and then things progressed quite quickly and we became official within a few months. And then we went from there. I think like in terms of like the relationship in general, it was a growing up period. It was the twenties, uh, mm-hmm. like in my twenties. So not in the 1920s, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but I I mean, I, we're in the new set of 20s now, so you never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I look a little bit too young for the 1920s. Yeah, it was kind of the growing up period. We were bubbling around, having fun, like kind of just not having thinking about responsibilities or the future, essentially. Kind of got to a point where we were doing a lot of like, you know, alcohol and substance abuse and things like that together. And that was kind of a period because I was, I suppose, rebelling against my upbringing and trying out new things. And I don't know if I should say that about that. No, yeah, you can. Yeah. And so really, it was really fun and it was really frivolous. And it was just 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 the kind of growing up period that I didn't have really. And it got to a point where I was kind of done with it. After a few years, I was like, oh, this isn't really me anymore. I think I'm not really being me. I kind of felt a bit like I'm doing the same thing. I'm spending a large amount of money on things that I don't actually want to do. Um, Let's kind of prioritize myself. So I kind of eased off drinking and things like that. And it didn't happen for my then partner. So I think in terms of like how the start of the relationship was, um, there was kind of red flags, which you don't really notice until afterwards. Hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing. And the way he deals with alcohol is, is just very different to how I was brought up. I My family don't really drink, you know, and I wasn't taught to like, you know, get really drunk all the time, etc. And it wasn't really the thing that happened for me. And we started having a bit more conflict around it. And things kind of developed in terms of like how he handled alcohol, how he released his stress and things like that. So that happened over time. And our paths were kind of going in different directions. COVID hit and we were then kind of, you know, staying together for different reasons, I suppose. We obviously loved each other at the time and I think it was a great time to be together. I always wished for more time with him because he was he's an entrepreneur. So he worked six days a week and we had that and it was nice. It was there were obviously nice parts. And then after COVID, we bought a house together and things kind of developed in a different way. And you really kind of identify a, di- a person through stresses of life and whether like they are a partner in the situation or are they a bystander essentially and I think it just became a little bit more clear like after that that things maybe weren't what I thought they was they were going to be but then he proposed <laughs> after the house which kind of feels like the traditional societal kind of thing to do buy house like propose have children etc and reflecting over all the situation, I understand why I said yes. I understand like things and things that kind of were promised and things were the future that we talked about and things like that. And I think I just got very wrapped up in the situation. So that was going on. We didn't. We were aiming to get married the following year, but we didn't. And I think we actually got. We were setting the date for the last year, which is twenty twenty two, and then around about July, I kind of got this like feeling in my like kind of gut and like in my heart that I was like, this isn't the right thing for me. And I actually expressed it. 
I went dress shopping and I kind of started feeling, I was like, I don't think this is me. I don't think this is happening. I don't think I can do this. And I had this really strong feeling and I spoke to him about it and he got very defensive and kind of upset, which is natural. I understand why, because it kind of comes out of the blue. And so we didn't really talk about it after that. We kind of carried on as it was, um, which was like six months before the wedding date. And then things just started progressing way more for me over the, that period of time where I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like people are invited to this wedding. We've had conflict about who to invite. We tried to keep it small. There's like details like that, you know, haven't been finalized. I feel like I don't ever want to talk about the wedding, which was like a big sign. I just never wanted to talk about getting married. I was like, oh, I just, I'm just avoiding it. And then it came to head around August where I was like, I really don't think I can do this. Like, you know, this is a few weeks before the hen do and stag do, which is bachelor and bachelor parties in America. And um, basically we had a huge blowout in August and I was like, I don't think I can do this. And I think his response was quite telling for me about kind of more concern about other things rather than our relationship, essentially. Mm, yeah. And then we carried on <laughs> and we went through this process. And then we finally called it off on the 13th of October last year in 2022. And it was very mutual and we knew that it was the right decision. And I think everything happened up until that point for a reason I think it would be really difficult to walk away from something where your lives are so intertwined, friendship groups, and I know the family very well, and he knows my family very well, and it came to head, and it was very difficult, it was very hard, it was very challenging, and very emotional, obviously, so we didn't really know how it was going to look like, and what was going to happen, but we said that we would love to stay friends, and connected, and so on. Telling our family and friends was very difficult, I think. Well, I know for me, for sure. And um, to be honest, like I was very afraid of telling my parents. I come from a sort of traditional family, um, immigrant parents who were very much like, yep, you do this, you do this. And it kind of like followed, right? One of the things that actually was that they said is that they didn't feel like he was kind of the man in their eyes to support a woman like me, like an East Asian. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because I think essentially like when you, grow up East Asian even in a western country you have sort of same traditions and the way that you are brought up and that the man is meant to be supportive etc and I'm not saying that I fully agree with it but I think I understand from that position that they're looking out for how I'm being looked out for and essentially they were actually very fine about it I was very terrified of their reaction to be honest yeah I was gonna ask how that rea- how that conversation went because I imagine that would be the scare if I look back on if I put myself in that that would be the hardest conversation to have yeah I was terrified mainly because I don't want to let anyone down mainly because I just feel like I feel like I've caused like this whole kerfuffle around this wedding day and I'm not gonna have it and like you know like paid for things and everything like that so I felt like but then again you think that's not a reason to go ahead with a wedding yeah and to like make a commitment to someone because you've paid for a wedding because you've committed to like a venue or caterers and a cake and like dresses and stuff it's just not a reason but in your mind that's what you go over that's what I went over anyway like I was thinking oh I don't want to cause a fuss it's going to be a bit of a drama like I we should just you know get it over and done with if those thoughts come in I think that's when you know that's like you're making an excuse to get married that's not really how is meant to be in my eyes yeah and it's also such like a heightened period of time you were mentioning you never wanted to talk about the wedding and the marriage and that's something that pretty much in the year leading up to your wedding it's pretty much all anyone wants to talk about with you so it's something that it's always at the front of mind it's just it's such a heightened experience you're doing all these things with family and friends and it feels like you're on this team with everyone putting it together. So I can imagine how difficult that is to step yeah. back and say, hey, I appreciate everything you've been doing, but this is just, I, I just can't do this. And I'm glad you had a good experience. Had you been honest with friends and family along the way of the issues that were present within the relationship? Only my sister, okay. actually, and one other friend. And to be honest, like, she is very like like kind understanding really good listener and I think the thing is I shared a few of my concerns over the years of the relationship 
we had a very tumultuous relationship. It was very up and down, very like conflict heavy, which mm-hmm. I can go into later. But I think the thing is, like for me, my sister's been my main confidant and she just knows everything from end to end and really appreciate having that support because I know that some people don't have that support. And I feel like that is really hard to go through something so alone, even though like you're kind of putting on a face in front of friends and like kind of saying one thing, but really deep down your heart is like shattered like so many times over the course of 10 years. So for me, like I really felt like I really leaned on that situation, but I really thought that maybe I really wanted to be brave in my own way and that time and then like kind of pull out and like be like yeah this is the right decision yes it was devastating for sure but it's bound to be because our lives are so intertwined but yeah um it's difficult to put on a face and pretend to be something or pretend to be happy and pretend to be you know this like kind of image of what a relationship should be like and using the word should I I mean something I learned in therapy for the last 10 years is nothing should be a certain anyway like yeah. it, it this way it could be that way um there's no immediate mold essentially yeah i do think social media plays like a big part because yes we shouldn't so hard to not use that word i know that's a word we should try to stay away from but it's just so hard because when you're overwhelmed by social media there you're just so many images are being projected onto you and it's not just how does this relationship make me feel? It's how does this relationship look? And how does this relationship compare to other people's relationships? And it's just there's so many optics involved in it with social media that I think it's really hard to not have that influence something like some of the things that you're that you're going through. Yeah, for sure. I agree. For sure. So after we called it off, we then waited a few days to like kind of simmer. And then we started telling people people were very shocked people were very upset this is more close people we are close friends that I had called directly to tell them I think people were shocked because obviously you don't know what happens in a relationship unless you're in a relationship that is like the biggest tell really and yeah that was actually probably one of the hardest parts to tell people and to speak about it and go through the, the transition like I think I went over it like eight times to like eight people I was close to and it's that was difficult because people start to be like why what like how did this happen yeah and it's just like wow it's it's an overwhelm of emotion so that happened and then really the next few weeks were quite difficult I was purging really really cystic acne all over my face everywhere I was kind of I I suppose I always think about it as purging the relationship purging the toxicity that was in the relationship and it was all just coming out and I kind of yeah I was a little bit depressed I was kind of really down I was trying to reflect on life and then I decided to take a trip a solo trip to Indonesia Bali and it's very much like cliche eat pray love and I you know and it was actually amazing it was really good to spend time on my own to meet people to do new experience to heal my inner child it just was really something that I really needed um I was managed to get six weeks to work from there and time off as well which was amazing it was a good amount of time for me and really just look inward of who I was where I want to be how I'm feeling being very present and just loving myself really and putting myself first I don't know if you know much about East Asian upbringings but in terms of how some of us are brought up is that we put other people first it's very much like we're serving other people we're thinking of others languages are like act of service and so kind of doing that side of things forever and changing that in my mind and changing that in my mindset, being like, no, I get to do something for me. I get to put me first. I get to do all these activities. I don't need to wait for someone to do them. I don't need to like wait for someone to come with me. I can literally do this on my own. So really, it was a really amazing confidence builder that I could actually be happy and try to be happy on my own and heal and really digest everything that happened in the last 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, that was intense. It was good, though. I had an amazing time. And then I actually ended up going back to Indonesia again in March, April and June. So it was like really good to kind of, yeah, kind of continue the self-discovery and really understand myself a lot more. And this year I've just been having a lot of fun doing my own thing. I've been dating myself. I've been going to restaurants, my favorite restaurants on my own. I've been 
doing therapy continuously as well. I've been very mindful of like where I give my energy to, because one thing that really something I didn't expect to happen is loss of friendships after the breakup. Your lives are so intertwined and week by week or bi-weekly we would meet up with the sim- similar people saying we were friends do the same sort of thing and suddenly your life alters and you have to forge your new path and you have to understand that the friendships that were there are no longer there anymore so you essentially you have to fend for yourself and that is something I actually am still working on because there were a few friendships where I thought that we had forged our own kind of relationship and we had forged our own like kind of like emotional tie with each other out of love and respect and it changed and it's harsh and it's really sad and it is what it is and I know that these things happen but I just did not expect it because I felt like they were very deep rooted essentially so I think like even now like you're grieving a relationship and you're also grieving like your friendships that you had and that was difficult and only in the last few months have I been more at peace with it for sure but it still comes back into my mind about you know the other person or like the other friend like what they're doing like I'm still like curious like obviously that love for them I have very deep emotions as a person and I really commit myself to friendships and I really someone that I really am empathetic towards a friend I really would go 100 miles and go above and beyond for a friend and in a way I'm just like oh gosh like that hurt that really hurt you know but it's something that you just have to move on from and sometimes the best closure is just not having the conversation it's just knowing that you're just on a different path and it's just happened for a reason and it happened for like a little bit of a season and then that was that and you had a really good relationship there's no need to kind of chase down this friendship because you want to be chosen and not just to be almost chosen right feel like you deserve a like you know you have a seat at you know the table rather than just begging for a seat at the table essentially so you have to like know your worth and your value because over this year I know my value I know my own value I know that what I bring to the table and who I am and things that I love about myself and things that you know I really commit to myself about and if they aren't able to see that that's nothing to do with you it's maybe to do with the situation it's maybe to do with them it's it's a difficult situation all around like how do you stay friends with someone if you're still you know very much in that group in that kind of area where you're no longer friends with your ex so one thing i have to say is that me and my ex did like you know continue a relationship like a friendship and like speaking of things like that but eventually like when things changed like we just didn't anymore and life happens yeah and I do think that it helped not speaking as much and not being as involved in each other's lives because I was able to understand a lot more about trauma that was in the relationship and really understand what actually happened rather than trying to keep this airy-fairy kind of rose-tinted glasses on which I had done for the like for the next few months after we broke up this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. 
breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. It seems like you would have to, in your position, kind of keep this very kind of tied together PR statement, like joint PR statement, like this is what happened especially with that mutual group of friends. And there's probably some of, you know, when you're calling off a wedding, it's you almost like are trying to comfort the other people because you it's like you don't want them to feel like bad for you because you feel like you're doing this big thing. So I don't know. I feel like there it would be easy for it to kind of be this very tied up PR statement that you guys are putting out and then gaining a little bit of distance, being able to be like, okay, was that statement I put out necessarily true for me? Or have I been able to really see this exactly as it was? And it would be really hard to do that if you were still really immersed. And when you say your friendships changed, was that because a lot of them just had stayed friends with with like stayed in really close contact with your ex? Yeah, so the friendship group was like kind of the boys were all friends from school and then all the girls were kind of like, you know, not. And so we were all very close in terms of the girlfriends and stuff like that and the partners and the wives and stuff. So, yeah, it was difficult for sure. Like I, you'd have loads of one-on-one time with all these girls and like, you know, and stuff. And I've even been on holiday with one of them as well. And I think it's very difficult because it's – understanding the situation and like empathizing because obviously they're getting on with their lives as it was right and you realize that you don't I don't know you start to think that like maybe you didn't have much of an impact and maybe they don't miss you and things like that you start to kind of have these insecurities come in and you kind of start storytelling when we're all very like professional storytellers because you know I've story told myself like a different story for 10 years about how someone could change but I think understanding the reality of it um you kind of understand why things happen and then you start to let things go and then you feel better it takes time and I've been very patient with myself because I could beat myself up about you know being upset about something losing a friendship or like trying to figure out what I could have done better or maybe I should have got married and then like you know things like that but the thing is being patient and kind to myself has been literally the motto of the year something that I'm actually not haven't been very good at for all my life actually I Mm -hmm. constantly have this very negative now I've had a negative narrative in my life for a long time about I'm not being good enough I'm not doing enough I'm you know beating myself quite constantly but then this year it's been very different I've experienced a tremendous amount of growth I've had the best year like out of 33 years of my life because at the end of the day I committed to myself making myself happy and that is like had a domino effect on everything else and it's like you have you start to have good energy you start to attract people that you want to attract and that's friendships and just general people in life and also healing my inner child has been really really something that was meant to happen this year I believe so like in the relationship there was conflict and when you see toxic kind of relationships growing up it starts to mold like what you think like should be a relationship Mm -hmm. and how you see love so that really did affect me in terms of my parents like they had a very conflict heavy relationship in terms of up and down and kind of the way they express themselves and I saw a lot of that toxicity in the relationship that I was in and I think I didn't think it was too much of a problem because I'd seen it a lot growing up and when you start to heal yourself and when you start to think about why things happened the way they did and you work with your therapist or mentor or whoever and you realize that 
that doesn't have to be the way. It's breaking the generational trauma and understanding what you would like in a relationship or what you'd like as a partner and like, you know, how equal you want to be together and how you want to lean on each other and lift each other up and make each other laugh and things like that. So I started to kind of understand a bit more about the romantic side, but also platonic side, because this year has been really interesting because I've let go of other friendships that essentially no longer serve me and that's really difficult to do because whether you're in friendships because of longevity or some other emotional tie you start to like think about the energy that you want to be around and the people that you want to be around and how time is so limited because you want to make time for yourself and that's what I've been doing and if you want to meet up with somebody and then you don't feel good afterwards do you want to ask yourself a few questions about why you're doing it is it because of you know, X, Y, and Z, or is it because of something else? So for me, it's been a very transformative year of letting go of things that no longer serve you, doing what's right for you and giving your energy to the right things that you want to do rather than feeling obligated to do so. I think that's really powerful. And and I do think that that can be a lot of people's goal or results after going through a breakup. I don't think a lot of people take advantage of it to the point that you have, which is awesome. And I think what happens is we like, okay, I lost the relationship that I thought I, I mean, presuming you felt like you were going to be in that relationship for the rest of your life. I lost friends that I assumed would, you know, be in my wedding or, you know, all these things. I thought I would, you know, being vacationing with them in my fifties. And so once you kind of lose all of that stuff, it's like, okay, I'm still alive. I've lost mm. all these things. Now, how can I even maximize this more? And I'm already uncomfortable. So how can I at least productively get back to a state of somewhat comfortability after going through this big, you know, painful breakup? And I think going back to the beginning of what you were talking about of relationships in your 20s, it's just so interesting because people will say like, how do you just like fall out of love with mm. someone or how come relationships just end? And to me, looking at it, it's pretty simple to the fact of when you're in your 20s, you don't know who you are fully. Like you said, you were kind of trying on this rebellion phase that you were in and you were like, ah, I don't really like this. We do this with careers too. We go into one career. Sometimes we go to a f- four-year university for this particular career. And then we get out of school and we're like, I hate this. I don't want to do this anymore. You know? So we're trying all these different things on and, you know, it sounds like your ex-partner liked that rebellion phase that you were in that you didn't end up liking. So we can't, we're trying these different things on and we're changing over time. And sometimes people like certain phases and they don't like others. And when you get to your 30s, especially when things get really real with engagement, finances, house, kids, things just get really real. And you, I think you realize like you can't really sweep a lot of that stuff under the rug anymore. You have to kind of come to terms with the fact that this is becoming very real and there are going to be other consequences for this down the road. Yeah, for sure. I think essentially I've reinvented myself. And yeah. I've taken the opportunity to be like, not only reinvented myself, but gotten to know my true self. So I think that is like a really big thing that I really wanted to focus on because growing up with immigrant parents and growing up in predominantly white communities, you kind of assimilate with like what's going on around you rather than who you essentially are. And that's something that I've learned. I blended in a lot. I wanted to be accepted. I had, I felt like I had to be accepted and I did things, you know, that weren't really me, like, you know, drinking at university and doing a lot of, you know, substances and stuff like that. But like, that isn't me. And I know that isn't me because it does, you, you already feel it, you know, you're like, oh, this feels off. I'm just doing it to go along with it, to be accepted. And everybody wants to be accepted, right? Everyone wants a community, wants to tribe, find their tribe but that wasn't the tribe for me. So for me, like, I think understanding who you are is like really the core and then doing things for yourself. That's been the most transformative like lessons for me this year, for sure. I've definitely like grown from situations. So I've had situations where I reacted differently to what I had done in the relationship. One thing that I've learned and understood is that 
there were a lot of triggers in the relationship and a lot of kind of things that happened where I was like wow that's intense now I'm thinking about it now and I don't feel like that is something that I'd want to give my energy to and I know that in terms of how I react or understand situations now or when I get upset my regulating is completely different I understand what's happening with myself rather than I'm being in a frenzy and not understanding like what's going on and I'm getting a bit like kind of out of sorts and I think that is interesting because finding someone that not only is able to communicate with you is able to have a calming presence or have a conversation about intense you know things in life that are important and understanding how people react in certain situations I think is really key because everyone has their own trauma everyone has their own like kind of insecurity so on and I think it's actually how you deal with them and how you talk it out and how you can talk things through and really realize how to work together on it and it's the unity that really kind of probably transcends a relationship from you know being an okay relationship to an amazing relationship that's how I'm seeing it so yeah I think it's just building my confidence understanding my worth letting go of other people's opinions and making me happy and long as it doesn't harm anyone else like doing your own path the universe kind of thanks you and brings like amazing things towards you and on your way so I've had amazing year I've met loads of people like you know people traveling like people things that people are so much like alignment and just really nice experiences I have started dating um which is really nice it's a very different experience I think you get to a point where you build yourself up so much you're a bit like no that's not for me that's not for me but (laughs) sometimes my therapist is like just give them a chance you yeah. know I did to like you know find Mr. Right on the first go which is of like which is true of course but I think it's one of those things where you just have to take it slow and just have fun and like one of the things I like with my age you know coming on to like mid-30s like you start to think about you know what you want in the future and like you know biological clock and things like that but I'm letting go of that because if I date with the intention of finding a long-term partner, I think it doesn't end well. I think whatever happens, happens. And yeah. if you have the right energy, you meet the right people, whatever happens, happens. And that's it, really. It is what it is. And I think that's kind of changing my mindset because I understand the anxiety because at the beginning I was a bit like, oh my gosh, like I'm turning 33 and 34 in a few months. Like, you know, what about this? What about this? And you start to like kind of build a story in your mind and then you you don't enjoy life if you kind of constantly think about what of this so yeah I'm letting it go and kind of just letting letting my journey continue on the way it's meant to be and I always think that our family motto is whatever's meant to come to you will come to you you know you don't need to force it you don't need to like kind of chase it it will happen if you're doing your own thing you're going about your own path good things will happen yeah I 100% believe that to be true so much and Going back to what you said about just handling conflict differently, I think that's, I know for me, being, having a relationship with someone who is very, it's hard to say if someone likes conflict, because I do think a lot of it just stems from their trauma and, and that kind of thing. But from that, during that period of time, it felt like my ex just loved conflict and really love to argue and all of that stuff. And what ended up happening was I started becoming so much more conflict driven than I ever wanted to be way more than what felt good to me. Cause I'm just not, I don't really love conflict. I like talking things out, but I I don't want to yell. And I got to the point where I would become this person that would yell in, in arguments and it just didn't, it did not feel good. It did not feel right. And I felt like I had to almost re-regulate I got so defensive because I just felt like I always had to be ready to fight someone. And so I really had to bring that down and, and realize like, okay, like not everyone's going to like, just start screaming at like very few people are just going to end up screaming at you. So, and there's this saying in like the 12 step world of a spiritual experience is simply doing something differently than you would have previously. And I love that so much because it's, it's very much that's I think that's so much of what breakups are is having these little experiences where, oh, wow, I handled that. I handled that really well. Or, you know, I handled that interaction really well. Or I'm just like, I had such a great day today. And I, you know, yesterday was so rough. So having these little 
I don't know, I like to call them little spiritual experiences that remind us how much progress we've been making. I love that. Yeah, I really love that saying, actually. One of the things I was thinking about when you were talking about the conflict is that for me, I found comfort in the conflict. And it's because it's what I was used to growing up. So really like having conflict with my ex was just like okay cool he loves me and like you know he he loves me enough to fight and he loves me and that is actually something I had a conversation with uh, with my mom actually and I said like you know I asked her why they communicate in that certain way and why they like you know have like conflict about this and, and different situations and she said well if we weren't having a conflict and we weren't talking then you know that means that we don't care it needs to be care Mm. but I actually don't think that's actually the way that I want to have a future relationship yeah I want affirmation through like things that we do for each other and like how much we spend time together rather than having conflict and that's that being the demonstration of them caring and for me it's really understanding my parents and their love languages so theirs was act of service for us they used to do a lot of us um and gift giving and one of the things is that like I've realized is that I love giving access. I love giving acts of service. That's like literally, I love doing things for other people and I really do love that. But one of the things is that it's actually made me not like gifts <laughs> because I made, it made me feel like no one really, you don't really love them as much. I don't know why, because I felt like in my way, in my, my kind of growing up, I was like, oh, they're just buying me this or we're going on holiday to this. Like it felt very much like this is just a plaster for like spending time together, talking about real kind of things together. And I understood where they're coming from. And, you know, it's no fault of theirs. It's just kind of understanding different people's love languages. And I think it's very important to understand someone that you date's love languages because then you can understand like how they work and how they communicate. But yeah, the conflict with comfort is a really big one because it's just something that I'm so used to all my life. I genuinely thought it was like, yeah, he loves me, but it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. I really don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so much of your story and so much that you've been talking about really is this idea of setting your own finding your own path and setting your own way. And, and it's, you know, we all have these life experiences from our parents and our early, I always say like, there's a reason very few of us are with our very first partner because we quite literally don't know what we want and we don't have anything to compare it to really. I mean, you can see your parents' relationship, but you don't really see too much of the inner workings of that. So it's, you know, we can take all these experiences and even we can take relationships we see in the media or with friends and we kind of take it and realize, okay, what do I actually want out of this? And some people can enjoy having more heated debates with their partners and some people would prefer not to. And it's, you know, everyone has the right to have what they want in that way. And just because it doesn't work with one person doesn't mean that we should throw away our our needs and desires and and just try to get a relationship. I think it just we just get into dangerous territory when we make our highest priority to be in a relationship. And I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, I actually agree with you. And I think it's like it all stems down to knowing your worth. And I firmly believe that no one's perfect. And I think it's more understanding what you would tolerate. And so really like, you know, someone could, let's say, tick all the boxes of a person, but then there's some things that like, oh, a bit like, oh, but the thing is, it's no one's perfect. Everyone Mm -hmm. is human. Like people make mistakes. People, if they're up for learning, if they're understanding like development or self, you know, awareness, then you could figure that out in the long run. But going in for like, I need to be in a relationship. It's very like kind of quite tense because it going with the flow and seeing what happens but then also like setting up a boundary is also very important of your own boundaries as well it goes back to what you were saying about starting to date there's a there's a line between just going into a first date is this my person do you want to get married do you want kids we don't want that but there's also the boundary of okay you're like five dates in and you have no idea like what this person might want in the future or you're 10 dates in or 20 dates in and this person like hasn't told you if they ever want a relationship so we can kind of balance those two things of going with the flow but also boundaries are in place to protect to protect you and to protect your sanity and your well-being and and we need to be able to utilize those yeah I actually agree and I think 
giving people a chance is also a thing because sometimes you want to feel that like you know that very intense feeling fireworks yeah but I also think that because I actually had that actually earlier on this year and it turns out that like my body was actually trying to tell me fight or flight because Mm. it was quite interesting really this isn't actually something that I mentioned before but like it was quite an intense like relationship that I was in earlier a second relationship this year which is crazy because I think I was in a very incredibly vulnerable position and I kind of the man like kind of ticked all the boxes of like you know what I would look for in a partner and he understood my love language and things like that. But actually, it turned out to be a kind of a love-bonging situation. Mm, yeah. It was quite intense. And it moved very fast. And then you realize that your body's actually trying to regulate you. So I'm very cautious about this because I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was Esther Perel. And she was saying that, maybe it was her, and it was saying that if you could go on a second date with them, like, you know, you're like, you don't know yet. Like, you undecided. You could go on a second date. Like, you're like, mm, okay that is also like a nice sign I think we're all very like you know social media based of this like amazing and passionate love on the first thing and you do and things like that but in reality you're looking for a long-standing partner who's going to be in like you know the trenches with you and you know and the highs and the lows and like you know all the things that happen in everyday normal life not just the good bits that we see on social media and I think it's really important to be like if you're looking if you're dating seriously and not casually then to remind yourself that it's not always the reality of what you see online. And I think that's quite dangerous as well. Yeah. When dating about seeing all these romantic like reels and stuff like that, like it's very easy to be like, oh my God, I want that. But you don't know what happens. You see literally 1% of their life there. So yeah. I think that's really important to know. I know you mentioned this earlier as well, but I totally agree with that and dating. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's such a good example because I know so many people can get really discouraged when they're first dating a relationship situation after a breakup doesn't work out. But I think having that attitude of, okay, I, I went through this. I tried this. I, you know, I wasn't with this person for 10 years. I was with this person for like, you know, I figured it out a lot faster. And that's even people that are coming out of really abusive relationships. They sometimes end up in one again. And it's not necessarily about, okay, I can't believe I, I did this again. It's more of like, oh, I'm getting to know my intuition better. I'm getting to know my inner voice. It's getting louder. I'm trusting it more. Those are the kind of things that, you know, we should be looking for instead of this idea of, okay, I learned my lesson. I'm never, ever, ever encountering that again. Yeah. I don't think it works like that because I think that you grow with every single lesson and every single thing that happens and beating yourself up isn't going to change the situation but learning from it and understanding yourself is going to change you so I actually am very grateful for every single encounter that I've had and I you just every step of the way is just getting to know yourself better so yeah I think it's really important to be like not beating yourself up about these little things because are you worry about this in five years time ten years time like probably not yeah and I think mindset like in general like this year has been so positive in terms of mindset and I've been changing my mindset a lot about things and I'm really letting go of things that I thought I was really worried about before and then just kind of going with it so it makes dating and just being being with yourself a lot easier for sure because I'm dating moment ish and like I'm not taking it too seriously because I'm kind of I'm traveling for like coming up and traveling for a while and stuff I'm going to US I'm going to Mexico and stuff and I'm really excited for that and to be honest like I don't even know if I'm fully ready for anything at all and getting I'm I'm just loving like doing things for myself committing to myself and just doing things that I like so honestly I think it's one of those things where when I'm ready I'll know I think that's one of those things like I'm not yeah. pressured and I'm not thinking about like oh gosh like I need to have children next year and so so like you can always adopt yourself you can always do loads of different things I think we really kind of narrow our thinking and saying I need to have a partner for this I need to do this I need to kind of make sure that you know these things are ticked off before I can have a fulfilled life the only thing that you can do is a fulfilled life is to make yourself happy and everything else comes yeah and I think people ask me that all the time is how do I not get so attached to someone that I'm dating? And it's what you've been doing. You've, you know, all the investment that you've made in yourself this year has afforded you the ability to, 
not even like take it or leave it or, you know, I I just recorded a video that to post this month about this idea that you can work on self-love and still desire the love of someone else. You can love your life on your own, but still would love to, you know, be able to share your life with someone. We can have kind of both of these things, but the important thing is having comfort with yourself. And then that will allow you to have ultimate comfort with someone else. Yeah. I actually so agree with that. And I actually agree with your point in terms of like loving yourself, but also wanting to like share it with somebody or like healing yourself. And also you can be with someone at the same time, because I don't really fully, it's maybe controversial, but I don't think that like healing ever stops. So like, yeah, if, say oh no you need to be fully healed from this and this before you enter this I don't actually agree with that because I think healing parts of yourself before kind of opening yourself up to someone else yes I think that's the thing but in terms of healing I think it's a never-ending journey and I think it's like understanding yourself it's like growth um you never stop learning and you never stop like understanding yourself yeah and relationships are they're huge mirrors for us they're huge teachers for us so there are going to be things that you don't even know you need to heal until you're you know in in a relationship and so I completely agree with that and that's when when people say do I need to be completely healed from my ex before I start dating and I'm like no because you probably don't even know all the things that you need to heal before you actually start getting out there and like I can't give you a formal definition of what it means to be over your ex I don't know what that necessarily looks like for you I, I think it's different for everyone I can tell you what it's not but I can't necessarily tell you exactly what that looks like so I don't want people to be in this little healing cave for forever and being so scared to step out because what if they miss something or what if they didn't do it perfectly and then you know you come out to realize there's it's all part of the journey yeah exactly yeah it's very exciting I think yeah 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 it is and I'm so excited for like the next year for you I think your story is is so inspirational aspirational with everything that you've kind of done this last year so I'm excited for for people to to hear this and and get some inspiration on how they can move forward from their own breakups yeah definitely love it well thank you so much for coming on Elle it was a pleasure having you on and yeah I can't wait for everyone to hear this thank you so much Kendra that was amazing thank you I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass, I promise. 